Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Celebrating the Word with Dean Caldwell Ministries. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. Just a few quick announcements. If you'd like to give towards Brother Dean's ministries, there is ways of doing that down in the show notes. Uh, click those links and follow along. It'll show you exactly what to do. Uh, secondly, um, if you have not, head on over to Facebook and to YouTube and type in Dean Cobble Ministries. Like, subscribe, follow, keep up with all things that he's doing in the ministry. And then lastly, if you have any questions for um, Brother Dean or if you got, um, there's a question that comes from a podcast or things like that, head and just type those out over at Elevating the Word at Outlook.com. Again, that's Elevating Word at Outlook.com. Uh, send your questions, your prayer requests, your thoughts over there, and we'll get to them as quickly as we can. And then that, that's it, actually. So, Brother Dean, we're picking back up in Revelation, Revelation 13 and 14. You said you wanted to address some questions that have come in from last week's study. So, I uh, want you go ahead and kick it off. All right, Rob. I had a question. Uh, two two different people asked me this question last week. We talked about uh, the kingdoms, and uh, five had fallen. And I started out in Daniel's vision of interpretation for Nebuchadnezzar with the big statue that he had, head of gold and breast and arms of silver, belly of brass, legs of iron and feet, iron and clay. And I started there, and uh, I had two people ask me a question, and I will go ahead and answer that. When we talked about five uh, kingdoms, if you want to go ahead with me, if you've got a Bible hand and you're following me, Revelation 17 and verse number 10, he said, and there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is yet to come. Now, the five kingdoms that uh, have fallen does not mean they cease to be exist, but they have fallen as a world power. Let mm-hmm. me begin with them and show you where they're at scripturally. Um, I have, I'm, I'm always writing around the margins of my Bible and making yes. my own notes. And so I had to go get another Bible here. And um, Egypt was the first world kingdom and uh, uh, first r- world rule. And that was during Moses' time mm-hmm. uh, that Egypt was. And then you have the Assyrians. The Assyrians were uh, rulers for many, many, many years, and that was in Elijah's time. Mm. And then you have the third one is Babylon. Uh, Babylon, of course, that was Nebuchadnezzar and down to Belshazzar. Then you have the Medo-Persia kingdom. And then number five is the Grecian kingdom under Alexander the Great. And then it goes into the Roman kingdom. The Roman kingdom was never overthrown it deteriorated from within their morals and, and uh, just revolution wars among themselves. And they deteriorated from within that. So I'll just take that time to answer on the five powers 
that have fallen. Now, keep this in mind. It does not mean that they cease to exist. It just means they were no longer a world power Mm -hmm. or considered a world power because those nations, well, we're not going to go there right now, but they, they will be included in this final final kingdom that's going to rise. And, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar's uh, statue that he had, the ten toes, represented the ten federation kingdoms. And then also Daniel's vision, he had one with ten horns. Mm-hmm. And so that brings us to chapter 13 and verse number 11. He said, I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now, any time that horns are mentioned in Revelation, it is generally always symbolic of kingdom power. Uh, Generally always, uh, horns are symbolic of kingdom power. But in this case, the horns did not have any crowns on them and it's a lamb-like beast and spoke as a dragon so here's what we feel that this is that the bible's talking about it's not a political power it is a religious power mm. there will be a world religion fact is in daniel chapter 11 and verse 37 the scripture says this speaking of the antichrist he said neither Will he regard the God of his fathers Mm -hmm. or his father, which means he will not go with the religion he was raised in, neither desire of woman, but he, uh, neither any God, but he will magnify himself as a God. What's he saying? He will create his own church, and then the false uh, prophet is going to be his bishop, his pope, his uh, minister, whatever, that's what the, the part the false prophet plays. Now, there is a satanic trinity, and I want to point that out because we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ the Son, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, the satanic uh, trinity is Satan as the head of that, then you have the false prophet, which would be equal to our Jesus in their trinity. And then you have also, or the Antichrist, I'm sorry, the Antichrist, which would be equal to our Christ, and then the false prophet, which is equal to our Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. you've got a satanic uh, a trinity there, Satan, Antichrist, and false prophet. And we have a we have a podcast on that that I'll link down in the show notes. So if anybody wants to go to on a deeper dive into that yes we can link that so that with with that being said the 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 world church is going to be apostate church or backslidden church um so-called christian uh and then it will also include the world pagan religion as well they will be mixed up together and and uh, uh the two great spiritual powers and the earth shall be united in the church of the antichrist and the false prophet is going to lead that and it will be a deception concerning that so with that said i'm i'm going to move on here to something of chapter number 14 we'll move to chapter 14 this is where 
the 144,000 in the first part of the chapter are seen before the throne of God in heaven. Now back a few chapters earlier when they're sealed in chapter 7, uh, the first eight verses, they're sealed and and then they evangelize and all this other through the tribulation period. Then in chapter 14, they are described as leaving this earth and standing before the throne of God. But verse number nine gives some insight here as the mark of the beast. And so here it is. He said, and the third angel followed. I'm in verse nine of chapter 14. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in their forehead or in their hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, mm. which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone, which is the lake of fire in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and forever. They have no rest. They are not who worship the beast, his image, and whosoever receives the mark, his name. Let me give a warning here. These scriptures are very emphatic with they, what they say. A person that receives the mark of the beast is doomed. Mm-hmm. There is no redemption for that. I've heard people say, I've had this question asked me, preacher, do you think there's uh, more than one unpardonable sin? I said, yes, I do. And they said, well, what is it? I said, well, number one, blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Number two, receiving the mark of the beast. When you receive the mark of the beast and you pledge your allegiance to the Antichrist, there is no redemption for that. And these scriptures point that out. Now then, if you'll go with me over to Revelation chapter 19 and listen to what it said. Now this is, uh, I'm just going to read a portion here of the battle of Armageddon. This is at the end of the tribulation period. This is the second coming of Christ. And verse number 20, and the beast was taken and with him the false prophet, which had brought miracles before them and which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. And these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse, which shall proceed out of his mouth. All the fowls were filled at that with their flesh. Now then, the second coming of Christ is going to rib the world of all of the followers of Antichrist. Mm-hmm. They're going to, Jesus will rid the world of that, those that had received the mark of the beast. And so with that said, I just wanted to point that out because I get this question a lot. Where in the scripture does it say that you're doomed if you take the mark of the beast? Chapter 14, beginning in verse number 9. Verse number nine talks about those that have uh, the mark of the beast and they shall drink the wine of the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. And he talks about them being cast into the lake of fire. This is a serious thing. Mm -hmm. During the tribulation period, the first three and a half years of tribulation period, he's called an antichrist. The last three and a half years, years of tribulation, he is referred to as the beast because Mm -hmm. his brutality. He will pass rules you cannot buy, you cannot sell, 
You cannot have anything, <coughs> excuse me, in this world without allegiance to the beast. And, mm. you know, it's a document. And, and I, I read over that document again today where um, it was established and read in 1967. And I'm not going to read that whole document, but here's what it said from the U.N., and uh, all the nations that involved in there, that there will be a time coming mm -hmm. when uh, no one will own anything. All their money will be taken, and they will be allotted so much money, yeah. and they'll have to have a mark. They're going to have to give allegiance to. Mm -hmm. And the question was asked back in 1967 at that meeting, what happens to th those that don't? And this man that read the document said they will be destroyed mm -hmm. they will be destroyed so yeah. this has been in planning for Long many time. many years but we're very close and we yeah. can see how this is formulating worldwide yeah well you have the what's called the world world economic uh form and they're telling you you own nothing and you'll be happy about it yeah and then i just a just a, as a conditioning period but so the mark of the the beast doesn't happen till the second half of the tribulation so no, well, I, it will be, I'm sure it will be available, mm -hmm. but it will be mandatory. Mandatory at the second yes. part. When do, do you, does the mark of the beast, it's a mark of the beast established before the appearing, after the appearing of Jesus, or do we, do we not know? Well, Rob, I'm, I'm a contender that there will be a appearing of Jesus before the tribulation period starts. Mm -hmm. But I think it will be, uh, will be so close to the tribulation period that when the trumpet sounds and the church is taken out, that it will start immediately. Mm -hmm. So with that happen, that's, that's not going to be a new thing. We're going to see the shadows of this. We're going to see this in the making very strong. Yeah. And it's going to be scary. I'll mm -hmm. tell you that it's going to be scary. And I know there's people out there that totally disagree with that, um, with that ideology of a trumpet sounding and, leaving here before the judgments of God come, but I'm, there's just too much to support that I, I, through I the agree. scripture for me to deny that thing. And, and besides that, people that want to stay here during that time evidently haven't read the book. Yeah, They've just not read the word of God as to what's going to take place and what's going to happen. The judgments of God are going to be so strong and so vile. And not only that, God's going to allow Satan to do many, many things mm -hmm. during that time. Would you say that we are being conditioned to take the mark even now? Oh, yes. I believe it is. And I think when it happens, there will be people line up to get it. Mm -hmm. I really do. I, uh, because of, uh, you know, how things are lining up now. Now, now, Rob, you're not old enough to remember, but... I started preaching when I was 14, and I'm 68 now, but I can remember older folks mm -hmm. back back in whenever I was 14 and started preaching, and some of them was in their 70s and 80s at that time, and many of them did not have a Social Security card hmm. because they felt like that was the beginning Oh, of wow. the mark of the beast. And yeah. uh, so when they got down, their families took care of them. They didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they refused to get that. Well, we realized that, you know, that was not the mark of the beast. And, of course, Social Security numbers been out. But I I'm sure it's a precursor mm -hmm. that's coming to that. Now we have moved in the line of 
credit cards, debit cards, and uh, well, even past that, I mean, people aren't oh, yeah. even using that anymore. No. They're using their phone. Yes, you know, and I just last night I left my phone at a friend's house, and we came back home, and I didn't have my phone on me, and I was thinking I was looking for it the whole time. We're just yes. so used to having that in yes. our hand, you know, and so uh, I I. I agree with your statement there. I think we'll just, they'll be lining up in the streets for Oh, them. yeah, they will because they'll think they're missing out on something. Yeah. Uh, but the Bible does warn mm-hmm. this. It will be the number of a man, and it gives the number. Of course, we're all aware of that 666, and there's been all kinds of information concerning what mm-hmm. that number stands for and how you can figure this out and that. And through the years of time, they figured it out that it represented this man, and then that man came and went and so on and so forth. But uh, it, just the fact of knowing that God said when you pledge your allegiance to an antichrist instead of the Christ, mm-hmm. There is damnation mm. for the soul of mankind. Fact is, uh, going back here uh, to let me think here, Rob, in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter number two, I believe it is, and verse, of course, verse number three, Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse three, uh, he gives so so much insight through the Gospels here of uh, what he's talking about. He said, let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Word perdition there means destruction, Mm -hmm. the son of destruction. But then you read all of this in chapter number two is said that they will not, uh, I'm in verse 10, and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie and that all might be damned that believed not the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. Mm. Now, let me just tell you how scary this is going to be. In the religious world, uh, we, we believe in a miraculous God. Yeah. I am fortunate to have lived in a time to see some mighty miracles uh, beyond human understanding and beyond human explanation. I've lived through that time to see the hand of God mm-hmm. move in a powerful way. But the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be able to perform miracles. Mm. They're going to be able to perform miracles. There's a scripture I use a lot um, in traveling across the country. It's in Psalms 103 and verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts Mm -hmm. unto the children of Israel. And I use that a lot to try to get people's minds open to this fact. If all you go to church for is looking for a miracle to happen, you've got the wrong thing in mind. Yeah. But if you're going to church to find the miracle maker, mm. there's where the key is. Then the miracles will happen. But if you're just searching for miracles, you've got the wrong thing in mind. And, and the analogy behind that, he made known his ways unto Moses. The man that knew the ways of God was the man sitting under the hand of God in the cliffs of the rocks 
when God passed by. Mm -hmm. And the people that knew the acts of God, the Red Sea opening up, they're walking across on dry ground, manna from heaven. God even sent them quail, water out of a rock. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the miraculous happened. That's the group that built the golden calf Mm -hmm. and turned their allegiance from God to idolatry and said, this is what brought us out of Egypt. So the the remark of this is uh, that, you know, the Antichrist and the false prophet will be able to do miracles. Now, mm-hmm. I had a guy uh, disagree with me on that several, um, um, well, I say several, about four or five years ago. He disagreed with me and said Satan cannot perform miracles, but he did. He the first miracle Satan performed that we have a record of, he possessed a serpent and made the serpent talk. Yeah. And that snake yeah. talked to Eve. And then yeah. when Moses went down before Egypt and and threw the rod down in front of Pharaoh and it turned to a serpent, Pharaoh had the soothsayers and Chaldees coming and they threw their rods down and guess what? Yeah. They turned to serpents too. They never took them by surprise. No. Mm. And uh, then when Moses called water into blood, they came together and made more blood. Yeah. And uh, But there was a point that God didn't allow them to do anymore. Yeah. But during the tribulation period, the Antichrist will perform great miracles, going to perform miracles to the extent that the world will marvel after this man. And many church people that are unread in the scripture will follow after that because they're looking for miracles. And God is a performer of miracles, but you cannot build your faith on a miracle. That's right. You build your faith on the word of God and what God has to say. The miracles just happen whenever you get to that. So, uh, you know, all of these things that we have uh, put together here, Chapter 14 says a person that receives the mark of the beast is going to be damned. They're going to, they're going to uh, be judged, and they are without favor with mm-hmm. God at all. And, and then in the uh, Battle of Armageddon, the beast and false prophet that deceived them that received the mark of the beast worshipped his image. And, uh, you know, so... All of this transpired, and so the Bible says that, you know, the Antichrist, um, he is he will come, he will be empowered by Satan, and so will the false prophet, but the false prophet will be over the church world. Mm. He will be over the church world, and, um, and, and the two things that we talked about will, will be the uh, apostate church, the Christians that... Uh, just uh, they're not willing to live by the word of God, but they're going to teach heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and turn away from their ears from the truth mm. and uh, be apostate church. And my uh, Rob, I mean, I'm not saying this to be critical, but we're seeing so much of that now that people that still want to hang on to their religious background, but they don't want to comply to the word of the almighty God. And you hear terms like this, well, we're all headed to heaven. Some of us are just taking different routes to get there. And uh, that's so, um, I don't know. It just, uh, if you're going to go to the heaven Jesus lives in, 
You're going to live Christ-like. And you're going to do what the Word of God has to say. And we as ministers of the gospel are going to stand before God someday, and we're going to give account Mm -hmm. for the gospel we preached and even for the gospel we did not preach Mm -hmm. as well. We are stewards of the Word of God. And so with, with that said, you know, the Antichrist, the false prophet, and then the Word of God talks about the image of the beast. I have this ask me other day that I think that artificial intelligence will play a role in this, and and I do. Um, very possibly, of course, they will be inspired by satanic mm-hmm. uh, inspiration, and they will they will be out there and and almost invincible. And, uh, you know, and it's going to be a, a miraculous eye-opener to a lot of people. And this is so sad. I mean, it's just so sad because uh, life was given unto the image of the beast. Mm-hmm. That's what the Scripture says. And so we're seeing some of these robots actually take on life, mm-hmm. a robotic life, and uh, able to function on their own. And yeah. when we're seeing all this take place and all this happening uh, before our eyes. And so I think, you know, that, uh, you know, as we go through the Scripture and and just look at all that's happening here and what's going to take place. And, and And whenever, when we see this, uh, <laughs> uh, the mark of the beast is going to tie religion, politics, and power all together. Mm-hmm. I do have a question. Do you think when John is getting this revelation— um, from the Lord that is he seeing like what we're seeing and he only has uh, limited vocabulary oh yes. his vocabulary or is he seeing has God allow him to see maybe a dragon with actual horns on it and and things like this like what I, and that may not be an answerable question I don't know but like I just wonder if John in describing this just doesn't have the vocabulary and the obviously with the experience that we have of not being from this time period, does that well, does that question make sense? Yes, it does. And I believe John wrote what he saw, mm-hmm. and uh, the symbolism of it is traceable through the scripture, and even carried over into our day and time, mm-hmm. our vernacular that we have, and 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 description of the of the towns, description of the powers, and all mm-hmm. of this, and. Uh, John had no idea of things that was going to be in the future, yeah. but he wrote about them to the point that their, his description is fitable. Can I use that word? Make yeah. it fit yeah. in, uh, in our day and time as you can see it coming to pass mm-hmm. and see it take place. Rob, there, you know, there's I mean, so, it's another miraculous thing about yes. just the scripture itself. But. Uh, the word of God has played such a part in um, the culture mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. and without people even knowing about it. What morals we have left in the United States were taken yes. from the Ten Commandments. Yes. And, uh, you know, they were given there. Our law system, uh, you know, it's been set up. And I was thinking of a, of a scripture that uh, in Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 10 and verse 20, he said, Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, 
for the bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Through your lifetime, you've asked somebody, would you hear that? Oh, a little bird told me. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what the scripture uh, used then as a cliche yeah. to, uh, yeah. and we've taken those through centuries of time. Ingrained so, into our yes, it is. Everything is ingrained in our culture, and even though words have changed, mm -hmm. even though you know, in, in my day and time, uh, a mouse was something that eat cheese and run across the floor. It wasn't to be used as a computer yeah. part yeah. or microchip. That's little pieces of potato chips left in the bottom of the bag, <laughs> but uh, words change, yeah. uh, and and culture changes. But God's word has been to the point that He let us know, He let us know mm. this is what He was talking about. And I'm sure that if John had a saw things that we see today, he wouldn't even know how to describe yeah. them. Yeah. But he used animals. He used things of power and authority uh, that meant something then, mm -hmm. and he wrote it. So we can go back now and find out in that culture what that meant and bring it. For instance, the horns that we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier, the horns represent power, yeah. and horns with crown on them is kingdoms. Horns without crown is religious mm -hmm. authority. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you just uh, you break it down like that, but... Yeah. Um, the mark of the beast is to tie the binds together of the political kingdom of the Antichrist and the religious kingdom. A mark and a number signifies ownership. So when a person goes down and receives the mark of the beast, then it's ownership. Satan now owns them. Those who take it, uh, it signifies identification. You're being identified with Christ. Now, the Bible talks about uh, the Lord marking his people. Mm -hmm. That that means we identify with the Lord. We identify with him. We, we have our makeup. We have our identity in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, you know, with that said, the Antichrist will come in he will have the answer for world peace, and God only knows across this world today, war, country after country after country is in war, yeah. and uh, it will continue to be like this. But when the Antichrist comes in as a power and as a ruler, he will have the plan of peace, and he will have peace for a season, yeah. for a season, and then all turmoil is going to break out, and man, it's going to be bad. He is going to be mean, he's going to be tough, and he is going to be a destroyer of those that look for peace and for those that, that want to have peace. And so, you know, whenever you look at all of this, and, and I, I get this question, Preacher, do you think that it'll be visible? are invisible, Mark. I think it'll be both. Hmm. There'll be people that would take the mark but don't want it to um, uh, show because they're vain, and then you've got others that would want it tattooed across their nose if they could, but it'll be in the forehead or in the hands, mm -hmm. and that is the most logical place for that because you use your hands or your forehead or 
whatever. But they used this invisible stuff in World War II that far back. Yeah. And uh, it, ultraviolet light would pick it up. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new. No. It, it will be enhanced, yeah. and it will be a, a, a bigger, bigger well, thing. I know even now I've heard stories, well, stories, people's personal um, personal experiences of being out in a, you know, a bigger city and watching somebody pay for their groceries by, just by waving yes. their hand over a machine, you know, and uh, putting their head on a scanner or something yeah. like that. So there's the precursors here. It is. For sure. So, it is. Um, it's just a it's just a crazy time we live in. It is, and they have been talking about uh, microchips, size of a grain of rice. Yeah, that they can inject with a hypodermic needle under the skin, and then add to that mm-hmm. all kinds of uh, information. You know, just that small of thing. So well, even to uh, adding, what's it called, Neuralink, where they put it in the brain and your brain becomes a, a pretty much a supercomputer. Well, and things like I, yeah, that, just I've, all kinds of technologies, at least of what they're saying, you know, rather they're in production or actually being used. I don't know. Yes. But. And uh, let me reiterate again, because I have got this question multi-times, uh, will the Antichrist be a computer or the false prophet be a computer? And the answer is no, hmm. they will be a man because Revelation 20 and verse 10 and uh, said the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire where the beast and the prof- false prophet are mm-hmm. and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. At that time, Satan cast into the lake of fire will be at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ. And the Antichrist and false prophet will have been there at that time for 1000 years. And God's not going to take time to throw a computer in the lake of fire. This mm-hmm. will be people human beings that have sold out Mm -hmm. that have been possessed with the powers of darkness and the powers of hell and uh, they will deceive the world Mm -hmm. they're going to have such a deception about them and that they will deceive the world and so i urge you that are listening today start listening for the trumpet to sound yeah Start looking for Jesus to return Mm -hmm. and get ready. Get ready for that time. Get ready for the coming of the Lord. Don't be piddling around. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, I'm hearing a lot of preachers now talking that said, well, we're just playing church and so on and so forth. But uh, let's get past that. Yeah. Let's get on fire for God and let God do what he does. Now, Rob, we could go into... uh, just my thoughts, your thoughts, and other people's thoughts, but I'm trying to stay as close to the Scripture as I possibly can Yeah. because this thing is winding up. You can see it happening. It You can see it coming together to a, a head. There will be a one-world government. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a one-world church. There's going to be a one-world ruler, just like God said, yeah. and uh, it's going to happen during the time it's called the tribulation period. Mm-hmm. And the tribulation period is divided into two segments, three and a half years, 42 months, however you want to decipher that, uh, three and a half for the first half, three and a half for the last half. And then it's going to end. It will come to a close. And we'll probably do that in our next podcast. 
of talking about the tribulation period coming to a close, what's going to happen then, what's going to take place. And um, then there will be people, Rob, and we'll, we'll, we'll elaborate on this, that will go through the tribulation mm-hmm. period that will not take the mark of the beast, mm-hmm. walk out on the other side in the reign of Christ. Yeah. And um, that's all in the scripture. We'll yeah. prove that by the word of God. But we'll, awesome. we'll close this now and just say to everyone, uh, live as close to God as you know how to live. Amen. Get as much family prepared as you can get prepared. This day is coming. Amen. It's going to happen. Amen. Well, thank you, Brother Dean, for that great insight into the Word. We pray this was a blessing to you. Uh, we pray that you guys have a great week. And God bless. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast this week. We pray it was a blessing to you. We pray that it encouraged you, that you were elevated in the word. Don't forget to check out Dean Caldwell Ministries on Facebook to keep up with all things that Brother Dean uh, is doing. You guys have a great rest of your week and God bless.